0: Welcome to the NICU Today podcast, a podcast to give families a new point of support as they navigate the NICU journey. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast, and share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful. I met today's guest earlier this year at a special tour of the Prolacta Bioscience Facility in California. Dr. Melinda Elliott is a practicing neonatologist with Pediatrics Medical Group of Maryland at Carroll Hospital Center and serves as Chief Medical Officer for Prolacta Bioscience. Dr. Elliott has committed her career to the care of vulnerable premature infants and has published clinical research on the benefits of an exclusive human milk diet for extremely low birth weight premature infants in the NICU. Dr. Elliott has also held professional and clinical positions at the Johns Hopkins Hospital, Union Memorial Hospital, and Franklin Square Hospital Center. A champion for babies since the start of her medical career, she trained and taught extensively at the University of Florida, including residency training in pediatrics, a faculty position as chief resident in pediatrics, and fellowship training in neonatal perinatal medicine. Now, Dr. Elliot, we may have met in California earlier this year, but let's be honest, our roots run deep to West Virginia, okay? So I had a great time meeting you, so fun talking with you, and I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Martha, I'm so happy to be here, and it's great to see you again, even if it is only virtual. (laughs) Yes,
0: absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, your experience in the NICU, what inspired you to become a neonatologist?
1: So I am one of those people that always wanted to be a baby doctor. And when I was a little kid, my best friend and I were going to be, I was going to be a baby doctor. She was going to be a baby nurse. And, you know, we told everybody that's what we were going to be. And uh, and we did. We We both did that. We did it separately. And um, I went straight to med school to be a pediatrician thinking, that's it. And then the fourth year of medical school, when you rotate around in different subspecialties, I spent a month in a large NICU and walked through the door and felt like I was home. And I I knew then that that I I get chills thinking about it now. I remember distinctly Walking into that unit saying there is no better place to work. I can have no larger impact on patients than working here. So I went into (laughs) neonatology.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Do you have do you have any moments that you want to share? Just memories that you have, certain families that have stuck out to you over the years.
1: Oh that yes. I I mean I I could go on for longer than we have for this podcast, but I'm gonna tell you one that, that may be kind of an odd thing to remember, but I have some very close friends. Um, we met each other when their daughter was born extremely prematurely. And as you well know, you you meet the NICU team and you get to know them for days and weeks and months. and I would I talk to the parents that are in the NICU every day, every parent that's there, I talk to every parent. and we just kind of bonded and their daughter was there for four months. And unfortunately, we lost her. And um, I remember attending her service. And, and and this was now 14 years ago. We've stayed in touch. They've since had two other children. We're all very good friends. And I and you wouldn't think you'd bond with someone when, when you lost their child. But sometimes that bond's even stronger. The, the family deserves the support. And, you know, I actually have a lot of families that I'm still in touch with. Um, You know, I just, I like to see the kids grow. To me, that's the most rewarding part of this. But secondly, it's, I've got great friends from over the years.
0: Well, I, I, I will agree with you. I, you know, as you know, you, you've you heard our story, but losing two of our children, having two living children, the connections that we have with those nurses and doctors who helped us through every single one of those experiences certainly lives with us. Now, I did want to talk to you a little bit because you you are a neonatologist, but now, uh, you know, you are focused quite a bit on nutrition for premature infants. And I have to tell you, when we were in the NICU, I'm not sure we really ever thought of the word nutrition when it came to Um, pumping and taking care of Claire while we knew the breast milk was important. And we were in a time where human breast milk really donation programs weren't in place Mm -hmm. nearly 13 years ago, the way they are now. But can you talk to us a little bit about why nutrition is so critical for premature infants?
1: Absolutely. As you said, 13 years ago, um, we were in neonatology. We're, We're busy working on fixing the things that we thought were the reason the patients struggled, breathing, you know, infection, things like that. So we were really into all that. And, you know, nutrition is not as, as uh, exciting, maybe, like you don't see nutrition make a change in an hour or even a day. Nutrition is a vital life-saving thing that is underlying everything like proper nutrition without proper nutrition babies won't grow and thrive and with proper nutrition babies as early as 22 weeks gestation not only grow but they can thrive they can go home earlier and critically ill and premature babies need so much more nutrition than their moms can provide even no matter what mom does like even if she's able to keep up with her baby's needs they need 40% more calories and protein and calcium and phosphorus and all kinds of things that they're missing out because they were born before the third trimester. So this additional nutrition is critical for growth and development. And it can only be provided through adding a fortifier to mom's milk. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking helped. about uh, I, I'm sorry.
0: No, <laughs> no, keep going. I,
1: I could go on for days. Um, we're talking about impacting. A, a baby for life. It's about reducing the risks of prematurity, reducing mortality, improving outcomes, lowering risks of things like bronchopulmonary dysplasia or retinopathy of prematurity. Um, those have lifelong implications. And in my unit, when I brought in prolactus exclusive human milk diet, I saw firsthand the the changes that I that we're seeing in the NICU and the patients that received the diet compared to those that received cow milk.
0: And we do hear that, you know, breast milk is medicine and how important human milk is, human donor milk, if, if mom can't pump or provide her own supply. When we hear breast milk is medicine, what, what does that mean? Tell us more about that.
1: Well, breast milk is more than nutrition. And I think that's the key. Um, if all a baby needed, was calories and protein and calcium and phosphorus, you could use anything. But we know that's not true. We know that human milk has evolved over millennia for human babies. And there are bioactive components in human milk. In mom's milk, there are live cells. Uh, But even if you don't have mom's milk, in donor milk, there are bioactive components, special proteins, things like Lactoferrin, things like immunoglobulin A that really support the baby's immune response to the outside world, support development, support growth, and support long-term health. And we know that this bioactivity matters for these extremely premature infants. And actually, this bioactivity may be part of the reason that an exclusive human milk diet, in other words, avoiding cow milk in those first few weeks makes such a huge difference to patients and allows them to have fewer complications and even go home sooner.
0: How do families know? So I look back, right? I look back on our personal experience. I wasn't able to pump very long. It was very stressful. Our daughters were born so prematurely. I didn't really know the questions to ask and didn't know for sure the questions to ask around nutrition. Mm -hmm. Claire got a lot of formula. Um, early on, just because I didn't have that milk supply. For families like us and, and parents like me, what questions should they be asking their NICU doctors and their medical team, the nurses, around nutrition?
1: That's probably the biggest question you could ask me. Um, I, I think, first of all, the first thing to say is that, you know what, not all moms can make enough milk. and And you know what? It's okay because now we have great alternatives. 13 years ago when Claire was born, it wasn't universally accepted to use donor milk, but now it is absolutely recommended by every major organization. If mom, for whatever reason, can't provide her own milk to her baby, then the best supplement is donor human milk or a human milk based formula that's basically a fortified human milk. Either of those things are available. So there are great alternatives. And the one thing I think parents can remember is to just ask, what are you feeding my baby? And are you going to need to fortify? And if you are, what are you going to use? And and simply say, do you have donor human milk? Do you have human milk-based fortifiers? I don't want to use a cow milk product or another product for my baby. I want my baby to receive a human milk-based product.
0: So all good questions for them to ask the medical team and, and what's available. Absolutely. And it varies by hospital, what's available?
1: It, it does. Um, I would say that there, there are pro- possibly a few holdouts, but I would say most level three and four NICUs in the U.S. where very small babies would be hospitalized. Most of those have donor human milk. Um not all of those yet have the human milk-based fortifiers. However, no contracts are required. They could be ordered by any hospital at any time for the baby. Okay. Um, so sometimes it's just a matter of asking.
0: And... Tell us about human milk fortifiers. That's the work that you all are doing at Prolacta. What an incredible tour to have of your facility earlier this year and the great work you're doing. I oftentimes think if that had been available back when our twin girls were born at 23 weeks so many years ago, um, you know, what a difference that could have made. The But tell us about them, the health benefits that you've seen, the work that you all have done. What does that mean, human human milk fortifiers?
1: So that, that one, a lot of people get wrong. So there is something called human milk fortifiers or HMF. People call it HMF. And you'll hear it in the nursery a lot if you're in the nursery. And it simply means fortifiers that are added to mother's milk or donor milk to give that baby the extra calories, protein, calcium, phosphorus, things the baby needs. Now, here's the real funny part. They're called human milk fortifiers because you add them to human milk. They are not necessarily made from human milk. And that's the difference. Until Prolacta Bioscience came on the scene a number of years ago, the only thing available was a cow milk product. And that's all we had. And that was fine because we needed to fortify the milk. But now there's a choice there's a human milk based option that Prolacta makes that we know covers um, every nutritional need the baby needs. We have different strengths of fortifier, depending on how much protein or whatever the baby might need. We have extra calorie fortifiers to add. And then it just makes such a huge difference. We've seen, for example, that you can lower morbidity and mortality. In other words, improve survival. There's a brand new study that's just out that was not... um, what we call powered, or in other words, wasn't large enough to show significance in mortality, but they cut mortality almost in half by using the prolacta fortifiers. Hmm. Um, We know that the babies tolerate the feeds better. We know they grow well. We know many institutions have published results showing lower incidence of bronchopulmonary dysplasia, or BPD, the lung disease babies get. We know that there is lower retinopathy of prematurity, the eye disease. We know there's less sepsis workups. Um, There's certainly less necrotizing enterocolitis. And we've seen some evidence that there may be long-term neurodevelopmental improvement. Mm. That's where the smallest amount of evidence is, because obviously the kids need to grow up to test that. We also have seen shortened stays in the NICU. They get to go home quicker. So those are all really important outcomes. Those are most of the major things that affect premature babies. And I personally have seen all these things in my patients. When I brought these products into our unit, we brought them in for, um, in response to a very sad case we had. And then we saw a change almost immediately. And the nurses started walking around saying, why didn't we do this sooner? Because the babies did so much better.
0: Thanks for sharing all of that and and all of the studies and the work that's being done around this. I know we talked a little bit about what what parents can ask when they're in the NICU especially around the nutrition for their baby or babies. I, I wanted to ask you just as a neonatologist, so when you've seen a lot, you, you know, you gave me chills when you said I got chills walking into the, the NICU and just knowing that that's where you were supposed to be. You've worked with so many families and Dr. Elliott, I've only known you for a short time, but I know we would have been really good friends in the NICU. Uh, yes. But as you think back on all the families that you've supported over the years, Can you give us some advice that you would give to them how to best be a part of the medical team? What's the first thing you say to families who are just admitted to the NICU? What words of advice do you have for them?
1: The first thing I say after I introduce myself and see if they have any questions, because that's first, um, then I say, there are no bad questions. Please ask any question that comes to your mind, because if it comes to your mind, it's important to you. And if you get an answer that isn't settling well with you, then ask someone else, because there's a team and you won't relate to every single person on the team, but there's going to be someone you relate to. And at least in my experience, you'll find that person that you connect with and you trust and you can ask those questions and it likely will be more than one person. Uh, It could be more than one doctor, more than one nurse, a therapist, anybody, respiratory therapy. I mean, there's so many people in the NICU, as you know, but no question. The only bad question is one you didn't ask. And you might hear or think that the team is like, oh, they don't want to hear me ask all these questions. You know what? I don't care if they want to hear you or not. That's your baby. And you have every right in the world to ask every question that pops in your mind. So please ask questions.
0: Oh, I love that advice because we do hear from parents. They are intimidated to ask questions to the medical team. They're not sure if it's the right question to ask. Sometimes you don't even know the right question to ask. As we've shared, we have a new advocacy checklist on our website that Mm -hmm. gives a whole range of questions that families can go through just as, as a starting point. But I also think you brought up such a good point. There are times when you may have a nurse who is taking care of your baby that you just don't get along with as well as you do other nurses yeah. and that's okay. And if there are issues with that, or there's neonatologists that you might work with in a, in a better way or have better lines of communication with, you're able to ask for them, right? You can, absolutely. you can assert yourself to say, I'd really like to talk to Dr. Elliot or I'd really like to talk to this nurse who had my baby two days ago.
1: Yeah. And, it, and it's absolutely your right to do that. People may make faces or they may, you know, you may get a feeling that like, oh, they really don't want me to do that. You know what? Look at the big picture. This is your baby and your baby is your baby. You're going to take that one home. You're not taking another one home. You don't care. I mean, you do care, but you don't care about everybody else in the unit. You care about your baby or babies. And The one thing I can say is in 30 plus years doing this, even if you have someone that you don't quite see eye to eye with, I have never, ever seen anyone mistreat a baby. So Mm -hmm. never be afraid that asking a lot of questions is going to cause that because I just can't imagine it. People don't go to work in the NICU to do that. And Mm -hmm. so if you don't see eye to eye with someone, then ask to talk to that person that you do feel comfortable with. And I would say most of the time, they'll be happy to come. They may not be able to come that second, but they'll come. They'll come and talk with you.
0: That's great advice. Anything else you want to add today as we finish up our conversation?
1: Um, I think maybe the one thing to remember is like you said at the beginning, a lot of times nutrition's not high on the list. If you see you know, your baby might need breathing help and be on a ventilator and you'll see all these lines and everything else coming from every different direction and beeping and and the monitors and everything. It won't even, you won't even think about, oh, what's my baby gonna eat? It's like not on the radar. Try to pocket that away somewhere in, your, in the corner of your brain and, and say, hey, what are you going to feed my baby? I would like to produce milk or if you can't make milk or enough milk, hey, are you going to use donor milk for my baby? And are you going to need a fortifier? And if so, is it made from human milk? I want my baby to have human milk. I think that it is critically important that babies get human milk in those first few weeks if they're very premature. After that, it's, it's fine. After the maybe 33, 34 weeks-ish, um, after that, probably they'll be just fine with a cow milk product or some other product if mom no longer has milk. But before that, critically important, all human milk, all the time.
0: Well, thank you for sharing all of your advice today. Thanks for sharing more about the good work that you all are doing at Prolacta. And we were just so excited to have you on our podcast. Thanks for sharing so much with our audience and really great to have you, Dr. Elliot.
1: So great to be here. Thanks a lot, Martha.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Nick You Today podcast brought to you by Today is a Good Day. Learn more at todayisagoodday.org.